Soundstripe. How's it going, everyone? My name is Michael Quattromani, and welcome back to the Tailgate Podcast. I am absolutely over the moon excited to have you here today, and I can just tell you, we're going to have a fun day. This is going to be a very, very fun podcast because this is going to be filled with overreactions and underreactions because it's week one. Week one of the NFL season just took place. This is uh, Tuesday, September 14th at 9.36 in the morning. Uh, so if my phone, my my voice sounds a little um, low, it's because I just woke up <laughs> and I'm trying to get this in before my first class. So that's the goal here. I'm not saying this is going to be necessarily a short podcast or a long one. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to talk about uh, just my overall reactions to week one. Some teams exceeded my expectations. Some teams uh, didn't live up to them. We're going to talk about fancy football guys that you should target, stay away from. Um, and we're going to do my favorite segment for fantasy football, buy, hold, or sell. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people, I, th- I think week one is the most important week for buy, hold, and sell. Because a lot of people will be super high on a player, right? They'll, they'll be like, oh my god, I want to draft Mike Davis in all of my leagues. And they draft Mike Davis, and then he just doesn't do well. Like, he put up 10. But this, all right, let's think of a different player, okay? A different player you're super high on, and they do nothing. And you're like, oh my god. Should I should I trade him? And I'm here to tell you, no, you shouldn't. Or you know what? Yes, you, you might want to. So that's what we're gonna do today. That was a awesome game to see, and I bet you it'll already be a potential game of the year candidate uh, at the end of the year. I mean, just from the Raiders, you know, staying in the game but really taking force at the end um, and forcing overtime um, altogether, to then having that ridiculous plate of Ryan Edwards on third down or whatever it was to get down to the half yard line and then for the the Ravens to then have the discipline to be to have the field stormed have in your mind the game's already over and then be told no 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 he's down get back on the field for the Ravens to have the discipline to be able to force a stop um I know Alex Leatherwood did have um that false start which pushed them back to the five but still second and goal from the five you should at least score a field goal so for the Ravens to be able to force a turnover after all of that is pretty remarkable Uh, and I and I give them a lot of props for that but you know of course Lamar I mean that offense was kind of stagnant um at the end They, they couldn't really get much going so overall this, this is a little worrisome for the Ravens. Uh, it, it seems like those injuries are going, um, and the injuries, I mean, Marcus Peters, Gus Edwards, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those injuries are going to mean more than I thought they were going to. I, di- I, didn't, I thought the Ravens were going to be able to kind of plug those holes up, um, and it looks that, you know, just by week one, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to. So, I, I think Tyson Williams had a nice game. He did a pretty good job replacing, um, replacing, uh, what's his name? J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards in the backfield. So, you know, props to him. But overall, the Ravens' offense did look pretty stagnant at some points. They, I mean, they went the entire, you know, third quarter with only three points. They just had a Justin Tucker field goal. And the first quarter, they only scored a touchdown. I mean, like... They put up points in every quarter, but 
they didn't put up a lot of points in every quarter, and it just seemed like they were benefiting off of Raiders' errors rather than forcing their own good plays. You know, it feels like they were just, you know, the Raiders were making mistakes and the Ravens were capitalizing on it. And if you're the Ravens, you shouldn't be waiting for the Raiders to make mistakes. You should just be able to beat that Raiders' defense. Um, and that was the thing that was the most worrisome to me. I will say I was rooting on Lamar pretty heavily, though. I had him in fantasy. I needed 28 from him. Uh, those two fumbles killed. Uh, so he only got me 20. So uh, not, not a great week one in fantasy. Going to be completely honest with you. But actually, a lot of my player picks performed well. So can't be too, too upset when it comes to, you know, the TikTok and fantasy and the podcast. So that's where I stand. That's, the, that's what I'm going to talk about for the Monday night game. Uh, just I'm going to go over some teams that I actually were pretty impressed by. Uh, regardless of a win or a loss, these teams kind of expected uh, uh, exceeded my expectations. First and foremost, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I was actually higher on the Pittsburgh Steelers than a lot of people were. I almost my from a talent perspective, I had this team going eleven and six. But from you know just going game by game, I think I had them going nine and eight just because of how brutal their schedule is. Uh, but look, they they played a great game. They really did. Uh, and did they play the most efficient game? No. But they played the game that I could imagine their game plan uh, asked them to do. They tried to just milk the clock, win the time of possession, uh, and just and just try to beat the Bills down, tire them out, and that's what they did. Uh, look, Ben Roethlisberger looked pretty below average. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He didn't look great, but it's weird because the Steelers probably should not have won. Because even though it seemed like they had won the time of possession, the Bills won it. I mean, the Bills had 33 minutes, Pittsburgh had 26, so it really wasn't all that close. The Bills had more yards, the Bills had more first downs. I guess the only real difference maker was the Bills' turnover, and the Steelers didn't have a turnover. But, I mean, it, this was one of those games where it, it just seemed like the Bills should have won. I mean, they had more yards per play, more passing yards, considerably more rushing yards. Um... But I don't know. They also had more penalties, and it doesn't seem like the Bills are going to have eight penalties a game. So if you're a Bills fan, don't worry. Like, if this if the Bills were a stock, I would hold. I still think they're a 13 and four, 14 and three football team. And if there was any game they were going to lose, that's kind of on the fence. It was going to be the Steelers. I mean, it's a good defense, and we all knew what this offense was capable of when Ben Roethlisberger was, you know, fully healthy and not tired and drained from it being the end of the year so I'm not too worried about it I think the Bills are going to be fine and for the Steelers you know it, it's a it's a really good win um I think this was kind of a reminder to NFL fans like hey guys we're still good we're, we still have a top three defense we still won 11-0 in the first 11 weeks last year um and you should not forget about us so I think it's kind of a wake-up call to the rest of the um NFL and, and this kind of tells me that my prediction of nine and eight could be really good or it could be absolutely awful because I mean nobody picked the Steelers the only people who picked the Steelers were Steelers fans so the Steelers can go head to head head to head against any NFL team so I don't know I I think the Steelers could be a team that goes 13 and 4 this year or they could go 9 and 8 and 7 and 10 I mean this team could be extremely volatile I'm not going to overreact to this win though I think it was just I think it was just a just a good, a well-played football game. So I still think the Steelers are a nine and eight team just because of their schedule. I think it's going to catch up to them. But yeah, no, don't worry about the Bills. Week one, I mean, we had a lot of games that just kind of went completely sideways, and we did not think 
you know, the outcome was going to be what it was. Speaking, though, of crazy outcomes, let's talk about the Packers game. Packers and Saints. <clears throat> I put out a video yesterday on my TikTok saying, don't overreact to Jameis Winston. Don't overreact. Uh, and it was met with a lot of disagreement, to say the least. Uh, and look, I, it's it's kind of a hot take because when a quarterback throws five touchdowns, you assume, uh, you know, especially after they got benched the year before and they had a, a considerable amount of hype going into the season and uncertainty of how they were going to perform. And when they do that, it's like, oh, my God, he's back. I understand. But and I'm also somebody who doesn't think yards is a big repre- representation of how a player will perform. But he only threw 140 yards. I mean, I can't jump on this bandwagon for Jameis Winston when he throws 148 yards. Now, again, I thought Jameis Winston was going to be good this year. I preached all offseason. I think Jameis Winston can be a top 15 quarterback, top 12 quarterback. I said that all offseason. But now it seems as though that people are just going to jump on the bandwagon because of this game alone. And that, to me... Is what I think the pro- the problem is. I mean, they ran the ball on 66% of plays. Jameis Winston only threw the ball 20 times. He wasn't throwing the ball far. I, like, he had one throw over 30 yards. Everything else was, like, seven-yard drag routes, four-yard hitch routes. I mean, they were not difficult plays. So, of course, he had a great game. He played well. But let's not overreact to how well it really was. He still made some really bad decisions. He still made some decisions where he's getting hit as he throws the ball. And he's throwing balls that could be easily intercepted. So let's not overreact here. But, you know, I don't know. That's just me. Let's move on, though. Let's move on. Oh, first of all, we've got to talk about the Packers before I move on. Um, That Packers, holy moly. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I mean, a 36 rating, that, that is that is horrendous. Everybody's seen the graphic by now that he could have just hiked the ball and thrown the ball in the dirt every single play and would have ended up with a higher passer rating. Um, Jordan Love looked good. 5 for 7, 68 yards, almost a 10 um, yards per play. This Packers team is kind of going the way I thought it would. I, I did not think this team was going to be great. I had them going 12 and 5, or no, uh, I had them going 11 and six, and I thought that was maybe a little low. I had them right between 11 and six and 12 and five. But my point is, I did not have them playing the way they did last year. Um, I will say, don't overreact. I'm still standing right where I thought they were going to be. I still think they're going to be 11 and six, 12 and five, because I mean, it's still the Packers. It, you can't deny the talent they have. They couldn't get any offense going whatsoever. Uh, and, and, that, and that New Orleans defense is still pretty good. Not good enough to shut you down to only three points when you're that good of an offense, of course. But I think this is kind of a wake-up call for Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, this isn't just going to be easy like it was last year for your MVP year. And you still have Jordan Love, your first-round pick, who's been learning from you for a year, breathing down your neck. So you got to get you got to do something. Uh, so I think he'll kick it into gear. Devontae Adams, of course, didn't have a great game. But it's because his quarterback didn't have a great game. So he's not going to do all that well when his quarterback's not. Um, I wouldn't worry a whole lot. I really wouldn't. Um, even in all of this you know, horrendous play for the Packers, they still got the ball to 10 different receivers, which is, 
you know, it's, it's kind of a feat. It's kind of a nice thing to do. So we'll see what the Packers can do. But I wouldn't worry about them too much. I really wouldn't. For the Saints, though, I mean, look, this team's a playoff team. Um, and I don't think that's too much of an overreaction because I, th- I thought that beforehand. I thought they were going to be the sixth or the seventh seed, depending on how Minnesota would do. Um, and I'll talk about them briefly because I just I don't really want to talk about Minnesota and Cincy all that much. But look, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly, okay? Minnesota just didn't play that good of a game. Um, it's clear that their offensive line was struggling mightily. It seemed like Kirk Cousins, though, actually played pretty well, 350 and two touchdowns. Um, Adam Thielen is back, baby. Adam Thielen is back for fantasy. I can't say this is going to be an every week thing. Nine, just 90 yards and two touchdowns, of course. But I think he hope, he will be able to be a weekly flex. Um, he's going to have that upside that he had today or uh, two days ago. But he's also going to have the downside of being second fiddle to Justin Jefferson and on a run-heavy offense. So just keep that in mind, especially if you're thinking of trading for him. I would not because he's a, his value is at an all-time high right now. There's no reason to do that. So um, plan accordingly. Cincinnati... They had a great game. Jamar Chase looks like the real deal. He looks like, you know, they're, they're going to somehow get their money's worth for that fourth or fifth, sixth pick, whatever it was. I still think they should have taken um, Panay Sewell, but, you know, whatever. Two weeks own. Joe Mixon, 29 carry, 27 yards, and a touchdown. Don't I have no idea. I, I really, I, <clears throat> I seriously cannot give you guys advice when it comes to Joe Mixon because I have no clue. Like, I have him in no leagues. I didn't really watch that game all that much. I just watched it on Game Pass afterwards. So, I, I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. I would hold on to him. I wouldn't trade him. I would hold. I don't think you should buy him because it's Joe Mixon. Um, I also don't think you should sell him because he could be a really good running back, especially when he's getting 30 carries in a game um, and the next guy's getting five. So, stick with Joe Mixon. See what he can do. And if he starts to regress a little bit but is still putting up, you know, a, a, still putting up pr- production but his volume goes down, um, then you can consider trading him. But right now, st- stand right where you are with Joe Mixon. Uh, you know what? I am so antsy to move on to fantasy. I really want to talk about fantasy football. So if you guys don't mind, let's talk about it. Um, the biggest guy I think in fantasy football right now that we should be talking about is James Robinson. Uh, I mean, there are a few guys, but James Robinson has to be towards the top of the list. Last week. James Robinson had a pretty below average day. He only put up eight points. And honestly, I would be a whole lot less worried if he put up eight points on like 20 carries or eight, 15 carries. He did it on five carries, eight touches overall. That is very scary to me. Like that is, that is horrifying to me. Five carries, 25 yards, three catches, 29 yards. Like he was active in the receiving game. And there were actually a few, um, he actually got a few more targets. I think he had like five or six targets overall. And that's great, right? But you probably, if, if you drafted him after ETN's injury, you drafted him to be your RB2. Some people, if you went wide receiver heavy, you draft them to be your RB1. So, James Robinson is, is really worrying me a lot. Uh, and it's it's mostly because of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a coach that in college would play favorites. That was that's no secret to um, people in the NFL world. He would play favorites, and it, I'm very worried that Carlos Hyde is a favorite of him. And you may be saying to me, Michael, what are you talking about? Carlos Hyde is old. He gets injured every year. He's not that good. Yada yada yada. Carlos Hyde last week 
had nine carries for 44 yards for almost five yards per carry. He also had two catches for 14 yards. Sure, he had less fantasy points, but he had more touches. And that's what concerns me is James Robinson currently, after last game, just after last game, not sure the rest of the season is going to go, but just after last game, James Robinson is playing second fiddle to Carlos Hyde. That scares me a lot especially as a James Robinson owner and somebody who after ETN went down was really high on him because uh, like somebody in the TikTok community um you know who's a creator I would much rather be wrong about James Robinson because he's just flat out bad than a coaching error like so like just a coaching preference of another guy over him like that would really annoy me especially for somebody who has him in a few leagues like just play him <laughs> he's good so that concerns me a lot um we'll have to see what happens I would hold because I feel like right now a lot of people are seeing the same thing that you and I are about you know James Robinson potentially being the second guy to Carlos Hyde so if you really are weary and you really are like if your mindset is like oh my god even when his production does get back I'm still worried about it then let it get back to where it was and then trade him. That 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 would be my best advice to you because you just know that regardless of his of his volume, he's going to have a game where he just he just goes on a run. I mean he just he can do that. So when he has that game or when he's extremely active in the past game, he has like six catches for fifty yards, a tax on a touchdown, and that's a twenty point game right there. Like if he does that, trade him right there. If you are that wary. If you're like me, I think his production can get back to where it was. I think Urban Meyer will realize his talent and realize that Carlos Hyde is past his prime and there's no reason he should be starting him. Um, so that's what I think about James Robinson. Plan accordingly. Moving on, though. Let's talk about Tyson Williams. Okay, Tyson Williams is owned in 82% of leagues. In my leagues, for some reason, he wasn't. Um, in my one of my big money leagues, he wasn't. So I'm claiming him right now. I'm really, really hoping I can get him. Hold on him. I, he's just gonna be a beast. Uh, it's clear. Like Latavius Murray had a, had a rushing touchdown, but I still think Williams is gonna be sick because he was also active in the passing game. He had six points just in the passing game alone. I mean, if you take down the touchdown, that's a 12 point game. I mean, that's that's a borderline RB two right there, and and that's taking away the touchdown. So. Hold on, Tyson Williams. I think he's going to be really good this year. I think he could be a James Robinson type play. I, I seriously do think that. Um, so we will just have to see what happens. But let's move on. Let's move on to another player that could be causing some just just some worry overall. Because there were a lot of players this week that did that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley only had ten. Uh, my expectations were a little bit higher for him. Hold. Okay. Julio Jones, another one. Okay, Julio Jones had five this week. My expectations were for him were a lot, a lot higher. Hold on, Julio Jones. You know what? I, I should just skip along. You're going to hold on pretty much every player. You're going to hold on pretty much every single player. And, and, and if we're not, I'll, I will specify otherwise. But just hold on, Julio Jones. They clearly did not look like they were in sync. It's not like he wasn't getting targets. He was. I think he ended the game with like six targets. Um... Yeah, he had six targets. So, that's that's fine production, especially in a run-heavy offense. Like, I'm fine with that. So, 
he he will get carries. He will get not carries. He will get targets, and he will start reeling them in. He also had a, a target in in the end zone um, that he just couldn't reel in. But I just give it time, give it one, maybe two more weeks, just for the timing to get right with him and Tannehill, and things will get better. I promise you. Um, moving on though, let's talk about some more NFL players that you may wanna, you know, may wanna consider. Najee Harris, bye. Okay, that is one player I am very very. Very confident that you can buy right now. He had five last week. Fantasy owners may be weary about Najee Harris. Buy. 16 carries. He was on the field for all but one snap. They're going to feed him the ball this year. It just wasn't him his time for the game script. Uh, Steelers found themselves down 10 at halftime. And they kind of had to play a pass-heavy attack. Because like the run game was just getting shut down. The Bills clearly planned for that. And the, and the pass attack was better. So... I wouldn't worry all that much. Trade for Najee Harris if you have him. Hold on to him, of course. So that that would be my that would be my advice regarding him. Zeke Elliott, another big guy uh, who you could consider doing many things with. I'm gonna hold and I'm gonna buy on Zeke Elliott. I think Zeke is going to be very good this year. Um, again, I think it was just game script, and it was also the loss of Zach Martin, and it was also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front seven is like a monster. So, I mean, knowing... I remember two years ago, Christian McCaffrey had, like, five against them. And that's McCaffrey. And that was during his, like, one of the best fantasy football seasons ever. So, don't worry about Zeke Elliott. He's going to get back. Um, and it's about, I think he'll get back on track on this Chargers defense this week. So, I would buy on Zeke Elliott. I think he's going to be very good. Um, and I just wouldn't worry. He's still Zeke Elliott. And he's still got a fine amount of production. I mean, he had 11 carries. He also had two catches. Like, I'm not worried. Zeke is going to get back to where he was. You should just sit on him. Um, for any receiver in the Washington offense that goes to Logan Thomas, um, basically just Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin, I would hold. I think people realize that the loss of Fitzpatrick is going to be a big deal. If they don't, then sell because I, I don't. I would try to get what you can. Um, McLaurin's going to get production, but he's not going to get as much as he would with Fitzpatrick. He'll probably get what he got last year. And right now he's being drafted higher than what he got last year. So, you know, you can do what you want there. But I would consider selling him. Um, let's see. Who, who are some more guys? Saquon. Saquon Barkley, another big name guy. Hold. You have to hold. You have to hold. They, they clearly were not unleashing him to the fullest of his ability. So that alone should tell you, like, okay, he's capable of much more. He's still nursing that injury. You gotta hold on him. Uh, Barkley will still be good. I think he. I think he'll he'll get it back together at some point. And also, that Giants offense altogether was just horrendous. I mean, it was just awful. So, it, uh, my advice would be hold for any player that was on a really bad offense. So hold on the Giants. Hold on the Packers, especially. I would hold on those two, uh, just because it was clear their entire offense wasn't clicking, and I don't think that's going to be a year-long thing. Uh, especially for the Packers, and I think the Giants will get it together. So, don't worry too much. Also, the, that Denver defense is very good. Um, so, he will have easier matchups coming in the future. At Washington, though, for Saquon, you could potentially bench him. I don't think that's a crazy thing to do if you have a lot of running back depth. If not, start him, and you, and you can still be confident starting him. Um, you might just have to rely on a touchdown. <laughs> I will say that because I don't expect Saquon to be back to full health by this week, and I don't I don't expect him to get back on track 
against this Washington team. Um, Kyle Pitts only had seven last week. You could trade. See, here's the thing with Kyle Pitts. I was I was worried about him the entire offseason. I only drafted him in one league out of my seven, and it was just because, like, I, I just thought that, you know, he, he fell a lot in that draft. I was never confident in him, though. It's still a rookie tight end, and rookie tight ends normally don't perform well early on uh, in, in their first season. So, again, it's the first game. Which is so, which is why it's really hard to give fantasy advice after the first game because like you have to hold on all these players, um, and like you're either gonna hold or you're gonna buy. You're not gonna sell on any of these players because if they performed really well, then you run the risk if you trade them that this team is just trying to make them a part of the offense for the entire year. Um, so a player like. Like, like, Debo Samuel put up 39 or whatever it was. Like, you, you could potentially sell him, right? Or the 49ers could just try to be make could just try, um, you know, to be making it a point that they want to acclimate him and, and make him a major part of the offense. So, if you trade him, you could be kicking yourself um, if, he, if he keeps up, you know, this production. Not 39, but if he keeps up 15 to 20 every week. Um, so, that's, like, I have him on my, t- my, one of my big leagues. I'm keeping him. And I might actually start him this week over Julio Jones. Like, I, I don't know yet. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll have to see how the rest of the week pans out. See what's best for me. But, yeah, you know what, guys? I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up. I think I gave, you know, some hot takes, some points. Uh, I think I gave some analysis on the teams. Uh, and then next week, I think ne- after, after next week, I think is where I'll be able to give, like, so I think we'll be able to see trends with NFL teams. So at that point, I can give you more in-depth analysis on how I think the season is going to go for these teams. Because after talking after week one's a lot of fun, I will say, because you know you're all giddy because it was the first week of the NFL and you haven't done a podcast on actual NFL like actual news, actual content in eight months. So that was a lot of like like last night I did a podcast with Red Zone Room so it was me picking spreads in 440 and it was a ton of fun because like we're talking about actual live NFL football which was like crazy but now you know it's hard to really some have cement takes because of you know it's just week one so that's what I kind of if there was any motto for this podcast it would be it's just week one so. Um, we'll see though. Some, some teams, th- these could be trends for the rest of the season. Uh, we could see the Steelers go on another eight and run. <laughs> we'll have to see.